Soul Questers, and welcome to a brand new episode of A Soul's Quest. My name is Omar. I will be your host for today. And here with me, I have my lovely partner, Jesse. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am excited about today. Actually, today is going to be our first, our very first interview yes. with our special guest, which happens to be you. I'm special. Of course. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Remember, take we're it. all made of star stuff. That's so we're right. All a little so special. I am special. Yes. We're all special. Okay. Yeah, so one of the things that I, uh, we're going to do today, and this is going to be like the template for our guests coming in, is really getting to know them and getting to know their lives, you know? And, and we talked about the quest, and we talked about uh, the beautiful things that happen, but also the not-so-pleasant things, but which both are important. Right. And today we're going to do that with you. All right. How does that sound? I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Excellent. Let's, let's do it. Let's get going. Let's get going. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning because typically you start at the beginning, right? Uh, I, I think so, yes. Okay. All right. All right. So let's tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, let's start from your infancy. So uh, where were you born and how was that? Okay. I was born in San Juan, Puerto Rico. All right. Yeah, I was actually born there. Nice. So I'm, I'm actually the real deal. So you're like, you're, you're a Boricua. Like that's I, like the the, yes. the name that they give to people yes. that were born in the islands, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. And do you have any recollection? No. No? I came here when I was really young, actually. So I really don't have any recollection of that. I came here when I was probably about three. Mm-hmm. Pro- I think about three. Okay. Mm-hmm. And from, from Puerto Rico over to where did you transfer? We ended up moving to Jacksonville, North Carolina because mm-hmm. my dad was in the military. Okay. And so there's a military bat. Uh, a military base in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And that is where we lived in a trailer park. We oh. lived in a trailer there. And from what I understand, he worked at Camp Lejeune, right? That's where he was stationed? I think so, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. excellent. Yep. And, and how was, what, what's your recollection, recollection of that time frame when you were there? Um, I, you know, I was young, so it's hard mm. to say that I can, I don't really recollect a lot. I do know that um, my dad wasn't around. Okay. Um, and I didn't see him frequently because he was in the military. He was stationed in Japan and my mom was pregnant and she, uh, my brother was born in Jacksonville, North Carolina, okay. my younger brother. And, uh, I remember her having lots of friends that helped her out because she didn't speak English. Oh, wow. She was completely not bilingual at that point. Okay. And they were really, really loyal friends because they helped her sort of navigate, uh, going to the store, you know, doing things. I mean, uh, she was used to American money because in Puerto Rico they have American money. Dollars, yeah. But um, she didn't speak English. Okay. So they, she just she just got by. But that's how she learned how to speak English is just sort of engaging with her friends. And so that's, Excellent. that's pretty much So, So to get the uh, the family structure correct, uh, your dad was uh, uh, in, the, in the Army? In the, in the Marines. In the Marines. Yes. Your dad was a Marine. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mother... Um, it was your mother, mm-hmm. uh, yourself and your younger brother. Right. And you both moved, um, you, you were all living at that time in, in North Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah. Of, of that time, pre- time frame in your childhood, what is the, the one thing that you remember the most? Um, I think the thing that I remember the most is that my, we, we, we spent a lot of time with my mother okay. because we weren't in school or anything. And we did a lot of outdoor activities. Um, my 
other memories are really just filled with, uh, you know, the, the friends that she had and, and, and sort of those type of things. I I really don't, there wasn't a lot of anything going on because I was young. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really, I don't recollect a lot of what happened then. So when you, when you start reflecting on your life, like what is the time period that you really remember as a child? Honestly, I think the best time for me that I, I recall the most is when I was in elementary school. Like, like I remember going into the, uh, first grade mm-hmm. and oh, wow. we lived in at this point, then we went from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Rockford, Illinois. Okay. And I refer to that as like Chicago because nobody knows what Rockford, Illinois is. There's very, very few and far in between that I meet that are like, Oh, I know Rockford. Mm-hmm. It's um, amazing, but it's, it's kind of was categorized as this really bad place. Yeah. Um, most recently mm-hmm. from, from what I understand is like a really high crime area. Correct. Okay. And, um, but I have nothing but fond memories for the oh. most part of that time in my yeah. life. And uh, I remember getting there and going to Kishwaukee Elementary School. That's what it was <laughs> called because the road was on Kishwaukee um, Avenue, I think is what mm-hmm. it was called. And it was a long road. And it sort of led into like this industrial area. And the elementary school was in the middle. And then mm-hmm. it kind of got in the residential area. And uh, I went there and I remember going into the first grade and being scared to death, you know, because all I had been surrounded with is like Spanish. So here I am in this classroom and I'm not, that's all I know. Mm -hmm. And, um, I cried for my mother when she left me there, cried like a baby. And I remember that. And I remember the teacher just sort of, it's going to be okay. Awesome. That's great. That's great. So it was not a bad experience. Uh And I was, uh, in that, uh, elementary school the entire time until I was in the, um, sixth grade. Okay. And, uh, what stood out during that period of time? Um, and I want to focus on both uh, positive things and also traumas. So what stood out as uh, as the positive things within that time frame? So I think the positives for me is that, again, we spent a lot of time with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like the, the, the very popular mom as okay. we were growing up. She's the one that sort of hung out with all the neighborhood kids. Um, she didn't have a problem with having friends come over and hang out on our porch and um, – used to let us like come inside during summer break and we'd go inside, take showers. And then she would let us go back out in our pajamas. And we used to go to our friend's house. We were like at this, in th- at this period, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate um, that are my age uh, or of my generation that we were l- allowed to just go and do things like mm-hmm. sort of freely. We didn't have a lot of supervision. Okay. We, we really didn't. And, and that was sort of like the freeness of that time. Yeah. Um, like the innocence of it, the innocence and the naive. Yes. And, but the, the part about that, that was sort of, um, more the, 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 I guess the trauma aspect of it is that in, as a result of that, um, I experienced some sexual abuse. Okay. And, um, I think that would be the hard, that's something that I've had to sort of deal with throughout my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that, that freeness and that, um, that, uh, lack of supervision or, yeah. And, and that naivety was just taken away mm-hmm. at that point. It was, even though I felt, feel like I was still naive and, and, and I sort of just was very like, Oh, I didn't know that kind of mm-hmm. like very, just going through life sort of, I guess. Um, that innocence was taken away okay. at that point. Now, a lot of the times, uh, uh, situations like that happen to uh, happens to us, and we really don't have any control over it. 
um, and and in in particular in situations like that where there's uh, a little supervision or uh, we 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 live in an environment that is oh, okay the kids are safe and things like that don't tend to happen but they do. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your relationship or at that time what was your relationship? I want to dive into your relationship with your parents. Mm-hmm. And then also get into the relationships that and why that led to that particular situation. So tell me about your relationship. Let's start first with your mom. How was how was that relationship? So basically, my relationship with my mom is, again, we we spent my mom was like we were very close to my mom. We had such a, a, a close relationship that she my dad would get mad at her sometimes mm-hmm. often frequently, actually, because every night she would put us to bed mm-hmm. and we're like you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, like this, enough of this already. My dad's like, she's mine. She needs to come to bed with me. But she would come to our rooms and like read and sing with us and rub our backs to go to sleep and things like that. So she was very close to us emotionally. We got a lot of emotional, um, I guess, support and a lot of love from From my mother. My dad, on the other hand, was very emotionally distant. Okay. Very distant from us. He was like a man's man. He just didn't think that that was sort of necessary. It's almost like, in some ways, it almost seemed like he was like that, that balance. Mm -hmm. But it was an unnecessary balance because I think personally for me, not having the love of my father in in a more frequent, uh, perhaps, uh, manner Mm -hmm. um, affected me because I was searching for that. I was looking for that. So and so when you talk about um, when you talked about the difference between your mom and your dad, right? She she was very emotionally there. She 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 loved you. She she gave you that that, that attention that you needed. Um, your dad didn't give, give that as much. What were some of the issues that you think happened between you and him, or in his mind that kind of like didn't build that bond up to that point? I think what happened with my dad and his uh, defense is that he became the the man of the house mm-hmm. in his own. Uh, as a young man, he was uh, 16 when his father died. Okay. And I never met him and, um, or my grandfather, I never met him. And my grandmother sort of depended on him because my dad's sister mm-hmm. was in fact his brother mm-hmm. and was transgendered um, okay. as a woman. And so they didn't, she sort of left the house because she wasn't accepted in the family. Mm. And so my father and my grandmother bonded. Okay. And I think that that sort of, I, there, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know. I'm assuming that that affected him in a lot of ways. And he was, he was, he didn't have emotion to give. He didn't have love to give. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why he was hardened in that way. Um, but he was, mm-hmm. and, um, he, it's been, you know, my whole life that way. Okay. Um, I'm sure that will come out later, but, uh, just, he was very disconnected from me and my brother. We didn't, he didn't go to the park with us. He didn't, you know, he would go out to eat with us, got to eat. Right. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. but he didn't do things that, that were bonding moments for me. Um, or that I felt were bonding moments. We've talked in the past about, you know, you bringing, being excited about doing something great in school and bringing it up. Can you give us a little, a a little anecdote as to some situations that happen like that? Yes, definitely. Um, so I think I had mentioned to you in the past that, um, I had, wasn't doing well in math and math had always been like something difficult for me as it is for a lot of people, I'm sure. And I worked really hard I was in elementary school, so I worked really hard to get my grades up. And I remember my dad saying, you have to, you know, I was like, I had a D Mm -hmm. and I need to bring my grade up. And I worked really, really hard, did a lot of homework, studied, learned my times tables, like by heart, did everything, you know, and I got a B. 
mm. on this test. And I brought it to him and he looked at it and gave me the piece of paper and he just said, you know, next time bring an A home, you know, and that was hurtful because mm-hmm. I felt like everything that I had done visibly because we did our homework at the table uh, was not acknowledged. And that's the sort of interaction that I've had with him is okay. that nothing has ever been good enough. And it started at that young age. Mm-hmm. And when it starts at that young age, it sort of has this uh, domino effect, you know, and that's, um, that, that was my experiences with him in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how it's been throughout my life. Um, sadly. So, so up to this point in your life, you have experienced a lot of, uh, uh, beautiful things, you know, the connection with your mother, which is something that I think that is, it, it's obvious in the way that you talk about her and how well you guys, how emotional she is. Um, but you also talked about the distance that you had with your dad and then, um, being uh abused uh, as a child so you had all those that 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 polarity of 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 things do you have any recollection as to how that made you feel um at that time i know that it's kind of like hard to look back at that but any recollection recollection or any moments in which you kind of like how did it make you feel or there was a moment in which you, you 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 did anything in particular I feel like what happened, if I'm understanding your question correctly, is that uh, my 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 disposition in in these moments were that I latched on to my mother, okay, because that's the only place that I got that affection, mm-hmm. and I needed that affection, and that every, every time I would try to get affection from my father, because I tried, you know, I, I you know we my mother seems to think that we were very close and I think there were moments where we were, but I just don't remember them. Mm-hmm. And I think what would happen is then you have this element of, of sexual abuse and there was a part of me that felt dirty. Mm. Okay. Um, because you know, how did I end up in this position? Not once, not twice, not, you know, several times Correct. for a period of now, my young this adult. all happened before the age of eight. If I'm in- I was, I I think I was probably about eight, mm-hmm. a little over eight maybe, and then until about ten ish, okay. maybe a little over ten. So it was about a two year period. A two year period. Mm-hmm. Now, were you ever able to tell anybody? No, I've never told anybody outside of you mm-hmm. until now. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's not an easy thing to sort of. It's almost freeing in a way to say it mm-hmm. because I've I've never told anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but now everybody knows. So will you have at that time, will you have, if you would have said something, you think they would have believed you? Probably not. My, my one thing that my mom and dad have always done. And you know, when you're children, you lie, Mm -hmm. we lie. That's just what we do. We're humans, but they held that against us. Okay. And so I was labeled a liar. And so was my brother. And that's what we were. So there, I never thought that going to them about what was taking place at that time would have been something believable. And more than that, I didn't want to tell them because I felt ashamed mm-hmm. because it had already happened several times. So if I was to go and tell them, I probably would have gotten my ass kicked yeah. by my mother mm-hmm. or, or my dad. Who mm-hmm. knows? Or they, who knows what might have happened? But that's what I thought at the time. Correct. Yeah. Because, you know, Hispanic parents, they'll, they'll beat the shit out of you. They don't, 
that's what just that's what they do <laughs> you know not all back of them then, back then back then back, back then, then. You can't you're do right that now. you're right no 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 not yeah, now but no. you know, that's, CFO, that yeah. was normal back then and so i expected that to happen because how dare me not say anything about it and now you're gonna come and tell me so now you gotta get your ass kicked you're we're gonna correct you're gonna correct. get a whipping you know so i i was sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place and i was afraid deathly afraid to tell them mm -hmm. because i felt ashamed i felt like this isn't something that's supposed to be happening it's not normal and, and was there anybody in your life at that time that you felt comfortable enough to say something to mm -mm. i had be a best friend a young uh you know when i was a when i was growing up and then but i didn't mm -mm. i didn't tell anybody no mm -mm. at all mm -mm. wow and you carry that all throughout as yep what role did religion play in your life when you were growing up Actually, we were very involved in church. Okay. My mom had us involved in summer camp activities. I was in charm school and learned how to walk straight and with books <laughs> on my head. Um, I played I played the stringed instruments and mm -hmm. I played the violin at church. Um, I, I was I we volunteered. We just we did the food pantry. We gave out food. Like mm -hmm. my mom was a firm believer in you're, we're going to volunteer. We're going to be a part of things. Like we were very much like public servants. We did this stuff, you know. Um, my brother was in Boy Scouts at the church, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, we weren't Catholic. We weren't this very like methodical, like traditional Catholic traditional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we went to a Lutheran church. Okay. And, um, I, I didn't really, I, I knew about God and I knew about this stuff, but I'd always questioned that. Okay. Cause my mom would always say, you know, we we say our prayer at night and it was our father who art in heaven, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I always believed that he would lead me out of temptation and he would take care of me and do all these things. But I don't, I, I didn't see that in my young life. And that was, that's a weird thing, but I didn't, that didn't dawn on me until later. Mm -hmm. As I start to think about, you know, when you beat yourself up about things that happen to you, such as sexual abuse, I think um, some people can relate that you you blame yourself for that happening mm -hmm. and you should have known better or you shouldn't you know that's just the normal um reaction yeah well what are the reactions yeah and i think that then you start to feel ashamed like you know god doesn't love me and Correct. you know because that's what my your mom my mom the church the the people in my life the 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 camp you know they were you have to do the right thing you know jesus loves you and he'll forgive and god you god will you take care this. of you yes but you felt otherwise because where right. was God? What this stuff happened to you? Yeah. And I was afraid to tell my mom and dad. Okay. I was afraid. I was definitely, and I was more afraid of my mother than I was of my father. Cause my mom, she was, she was a beast when yes. she was upset. I mean, she wasn't like violent, but she, you know, she was, you're, you're young, you're getting a, a spanking. It wasn't like, I mean, we got spanking with belts and we got, you know, they went out and took a piece of the tree off. You know what I mean? So well, this is back in the, in the times when you could yeah, do that this stuff, is you like know, and late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. I mean, I'm putting my age out there, but you know, <laughs> I just, that's how it was. And that was normalized. Mm -hmm. so. I want, I want to segue into an, another topic. Cause there's, a, um, there's so much in, in that stuff, but I, I, as we continue to interview and, and get to know your trajectory of life, I know more, we'll, we'll go back to that, but up to this point in your life, uh, was there someone that you really looked up to and someone that was somewhat of a model for you that you really admired and respected at that time to, uh, up to that point? Um, I know now we're getting into like your early teen, teenage years or, or early uh, tween I years. Would, I would say that I did not have anybody 
like a role model. I didn't have that in my life. No. Did I have people that I had that I, that I liked to be around because they gave me energy that felt good. Mm -hmm. I did have a woman, her name was Helen. Okay. And her husband was Bill. They were part of the church and Helen would always want me to come in and work for her. And perhaps it's, it was a monetary thing, but she would like buy us lunch and take us out for dinner and just do things for us to mm. sort of thank us for helping. And I felt a connection with her, but I never talked to her about anything private. Correct, it didn't correct. happen, you know? So, um, but I did feel connected to her. Okay. I did outside of my parents, you know, and then I had my friends, but that not really, I didn't really have anybody like that. What was your connection with your aunt? How was that? I mean, I know, again, this is a, a controversial time, a controversial process during that time, which is in the 70s, early 80s, uh, a person that's transgender. How was your relationship with her? And how did the family react to her transition from male to female? Well, I wasn't, a, I wasn't around for the transition. Okay. So I've never met my aunt as a man. Oh, okay. I found out about that. And that might be for our next uh, episode, but um, I found out about it later. Oh, okay. So my experiences with my aunt, now that is somebody I was very connected to, but mm -hmm. at a distance because she didn't live with us. She lived in Florida and we lived in uh, Rockford, mm -hmm. you know? So I didn't, I admired her and she sent us gifts and we, I love to be around her cause she doted on me. Mm -hmm. She was very attached to me. She just thought I was beautiful. And she, she gave me affection outside of my parents. Okay. So that, that, that I do, would say that I, I was very connected to her. And, and so I don't know what she went through. I found out what she went through later. Later on. In my teen, teenagers. So as we, as we look back at your, uh, now you're in the cusp of becoming an adolescent and a young adult, right? And you have um, quite a few beautiful things that happen in your life and, 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 and traumatic events as well. What is your outlook as you begin to enter your teen, your teenage years, your adolescence? What is your outlook at that moment when you think about it in retrospect? Honestly, um, first I want to say that even though I had this situation happen to me, um, I still had a very, I had a good childhood. Okay. For all intents and purposes, I feel like I had a lot of good memories mixed with those memories, mm -hmm. those bad memories. Um but going into my teenage years was was easy because all of a sudden my mom and dad were like, we're moving to Florida. OK. And so I was like, oh, my God, a new opportunity. This is a, like a fresh start. You know, I get to leave this place. Mm -hmm. You all have to stay here and I get to leave and I get to go find myself a blonde hair, blue eyed boyfriend, <laughs> like surfer dude in Florida. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't end up with a blonde hair, blue eyed guy, but that's okay. Close so, enough. <laughs> close enough. If you peel the bag, if you take the pigment out, you know. <laughs> there you go. And so I, my outlook on my teenage years, cause I was 14 when we moved to Florida mm -hmm. was like, I have a whole new opportunity. Okay. It's interesting that you mentioned, um, um, that your transition into adolescence and a young adult, uh, um, had to do with a with a with a with a transition from places. You know, you moved from Chicago to Florida. Um, what were the differences between the two places? Um, just just geographically speaking, you know. Geographically, well, I think we know that, right? So Rockford is right outside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. We were in Chicago almost like we went to Chicago frequently because we had family in Chicago. So um, it's cold. It's not there's no palm trees there was no. trees there yes. were trees in rockford but um the difference was that i had so many friends and i lived in this little like 
neighborhood of a gang of friends and uh-huh. we just all knew each other. And I think that was where that freedom came in because we were able to just sort of leave and go to friends' houses, have, you know. So it was more of a communal. Very much. Yeah. And coming to Florida was new. I didn't know anything down here. And it was different. Sand, hot, humid, yeah. beach. You know, it was just different. And did you have, you had any connections to anyone in Florida besides your parents and? Just family. Na- just family. Just my, just my grandmother. So you, in essence, this transition really much started a brand new chapter in your life. So moving from Chicago to Florida, um, obviously you had to make new friends and make new acquaintances, your acquaintances. Under what circumstances did you guys have to move from Florida, from Chicago to Florida? Good question. So what happened is that my, my aunt, um, unbeknownst to me and my brother was sick mm-hmm. and my dad made this decision to, we're packing it up and we're moving to Florida. We need to be with my mom my dad's relationship with my mom is very close. Like with your mom or with your grandmother? I mean with my grandmother. Sorry. Yes. My grandmother. Um, I called her mom for a long time. (laughs) Um, it, it was almost awkwardly close. I don't want to say anything weird because that, that that I don't think that was going on. They were just very, very close, like mm-hmm. very close. Well, like you mentioned and, before, you know, he was young when, when yes. his dad passed away and he, and was, he, took he that, became the man of the house. So. He did. And she depended on him. So they mm-hmm. have a very, very close relationship. And um, so my dad was like packing it up, moving. I was excited, of course, because I thought this is a new, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So she was sick. And, you know, we traveled, we drove down to Florida and we get here. And the first thing that we did was pull up into this hospital that I believe still exists. And uh, we, me and my brother were like, what are we doing here? You know, what's what's going on? So we get out of our car. We meet my grandmother. I'm excited. I get to see my grandmother because I was very close to my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> she, we're you know, they get serious. Me and my brother don't know anything like normal. You know, we're Your left kids, behind. Yeah. We're kids. You know, they're talking all secretive and stuff. And we're not thinking anything of it. But we're at the hospital. What are we doing here? So we go up to this floor and we're in this unit. I don't know that it's the ICU unit, but it was the ICU unit. And we have to like totally like put on personal, um, protective, what is it called? Pro- personal protective gear or whatever. Personal protective gear. Yeah. Yeah. Literally eyes, head, face, gloves. Oh, wow. Suit, feet, booties so, on the feet, everything. So this is like a shock to your system. I mean, like yeah, you're thinking you're I, going to go to the beach and, and, and look for a blonde hair, blue eyed boy. Guy, boyfriend, 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 sorry. Uh, and you're in the hospital wearing protective yes. gear, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, we didn't, the thing about it that was most disturbing is that we didn't know what, what was happening. We didn't, they weren't telling us anything. So we're just told to put this on. Mm-hmm. They sort of disappear and do their own thing. And again, we're no kids. explanation. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. And they left us in this room and then we come back and uh, the nurse tells us to put on the rest of our stuff. And, and one at a time, I couldn't go in with my brother. I went in by myself and, uh, I think it was with my my dad that went in there and my dad stood off to the side and I just immediately was like uh, taken aback because there's my aunt laying in this bed. Oh, wow. And she's intubated hmm. and she looks like she's dead. Uh, she wasn't responsive. You know, she was just laying there and she was a little swollen. She was always thin and very, very attractive. Like I, you would never have known that she was a male. Mm-hmm. She was just a beautiful, well-kept woman okay you know and 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 she took a lot of pride in her appearance and um there she is laying in this bed 
And the last time I talked to her, she didn't look like this. So it was a shock. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm asking what happened and this and then my dad's like, she's sick, you know? And, and so we still didn't get a lot of explanations. So I leave and I'm like devastated. Correct. Yeah. And, um, and no explanation whatsoever as to what's going on, what's happening. You see her there, somebody that you admire, that you like, that you just look it up to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we left. Of course, I cried. And then we got sort of settled in. And then we're in this strange house. We don't have a home to live in. We ended up living with these family friends of my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And one of them um, was a gay man. And one of them was a man that had some sort of disability and was mentally disabled. He had okay. a mental um handicap and it was just a very bad situation so in essence your 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 dream adventure adventure turned into somewhat yes. of a like a nightmare like of a nightmare you <laughs> yeah. know you, we didn't go to the beach <laughs> we, you didn't go to the beach no i didn't see any blonde hair blue-eyed uh boys so surfer sort dudes. Of like surfer yeah. dudes yeah uh -huh. so it was sort of like this shock to my system because i'm like we don't even have our own we don't have a home to live in yeah like, what's happening you know and we were my you know my, i guess they made us feel like everything's gonna be okay you know and it was like me and my brother were just like what is going on mm -hmm. that was strange that was a strange time for us and it was very um it was it was there was a lot of tumultuous events that took place during that time and and must, much of it re revolved around going to the hospital to see my aunt yeah so we would go we'd leave i'd cry and i think my mom got really sick and tired of hearing me cry because there mm -hmm. was one day we left the hospital and i was un i like i was uncontrollably i mean it was just hysterical crying and in the back seat and you know back then we didn't wear seat belts and stuff like that we we're just sitting in the back seat and we had a ford fairmont which by the way, ended up being my car when I was able to drive. And um, I don't even know if people know what a Ford Fairmont is. You're but, dating yourself, but don't worry okay, about sorry. it. They'll, they'll Google it or <laughs> they'll do something so, with it. YouTube it or something like uh, that. There you go. I don't know. And, and it, was a, it was a nice car. And um, I was in the backseat and I was, con it was just crying hysterical. And my mom turned around in this car. This is how I know you weren't wearing no seatbelt back then because she just turned around with like her Dominican, like, like super fast, like ninja hands and <laughs> slapped the shit out of me and told me to stop crying. Uh -huh. And that's when I, I never cried in front of my parents for her. After that. Like that. Yeah. So during this time, I mean, you're seeing this and you're seeing this person uh, literally dying in front of you with no explanation with, you know, you, you, you left your friends, you, you're, you're in a brand new space and uh, things are super uncertain How did that all make you feel? It was unsettling. I didn't have any friends to talk to. I was alone. It was just me and my brother. Me and my brother at this time, we fought like cats and dogs. It was, we were oil and water. We did not get along at all. I hated my brother. That was the feeling that I had for my brother back then. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, I don't know. And then no, you know, no affection from my father my mom gave us affection, but then I think my mom was stressed out by the situation too. Correct. We just yeah. didn't know it. Um, and then I find out what my aunt is dying from. And, and what, what, if, what was that? If you don't mind me asking. She, she had AIDS. Mm. She had AIDS and this is 1986. So okay. this is, I don't, I've never really researched it and I'm not really, I can't really tell you for sure when this started, but this is about when yeah, it was still sort of taboo. Yeah. And, and new, and new, and new and at not, that time. Yeah. Right. And they didn't have anything to sort of no remedy this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Obviously 
you know, what happened, they, you know, she wasn't completely transgendered. You know, I found out the hard way mm -hmm. uh, because nobody ever told me, you know, I was literally like clipping her fingernails and she jerked her hand back, mm -hmm. which made me feel like she was alive. Um, and I remember seeing like this blanket and I, I thought it was her hand moving on the other side and I'm thinking she's coming back. And it, so I went to touch her hand and it wasn't her hand. Wow. So it was a negative experience and mm -hmm. it, it was traumatic because I didn't understand. Correct. Yeah. Um, and you, how old were you during this time when this, I mean, 14, I mean, 14 years old. So you are beginning high school, mm -hmm. starting high school, mm -hmm. major transition of location, mm -hmm. um, friends, and then this big traumatic mm -hmm. event that has no explanation as to what's going on and no one taking the time as to as uh, uh, to take the time to explain to you what's going mm -hmm. on. And then asking questions was not allowed was not allowed and so you were told be quiet don't worry about it it's not that you know don't you know stop asking so many questions and you were made to feel ashamed mm -hmm. for 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 being inquisitive and wanting to understand well what happened because i i'm this is my is this my i didn't even know i was so confused yeah during this time so then terrible. at that at the same time um you starting high school so how was that? <laughs> because I'm having a hard time kind of like processing all of this turmoil, right? And then starting high school, which is, you know, it's a, it's a very important transitional period in our lives. How was that? So when we moved to Florida, it was the start of the summer. Uh -huh. So I had a whole summer to experience this loss of my, cause she died fairly quickly. She, she, we, she wasn't, she was going to be a vegetable if we, so they decided to disconnect her from the machines and mm -hmm. um, she was too far gone. And um, so we had a funeral and everything and buried her before I even started high school. And then wow. I started high school with no friends. And I started high school at a different high school that I ended up staying at that ended up becoming my home high school, I guess, mm -hmm. if you will, um, because we weren't settled. We didn't have a home to live in, you know, like our own spot. So we, I was going to a high school and I did have, I met, I made friends fairly easy. I'm pretty, um, you know, I'm pretty outgoing person as I'm an introvert, but I can be social, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so it wasn't, I, I think I just, you know, I think when you're young, you, you're resilient and you just push past things. At least that's, that was my experience. That's my personal experience. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what I did was I was really good at just, putting this to the side. I'm just not going to think about this right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's sort of how I got through is just not thinking about it. So okay. I got involved in activities at high school that kept me very busy. Oh, okay. So, so you I never, started, you never really confronted the situations no. up to this point. No. Instead, what you did was you did other stuff. So get, tell me about the other stuff that you did in high school. I did cross country. All right. Okay. I played the stringed instruments. Okay. Um, so I played violin cello i learned how to play those in, in in middle school actually um and i continued that here but not for long they didn't really have those programs in florida it was different mm -hmm. um and um went to my friend's houses and hung out and you know did homework and things like that with my friends how, how would you summarize your high school experiences number one as a student how would you categorize yourself as a student as a terrible student you were a terrible oh student. oh my gosh yeah i skipped school all the time when i <laughs> when i started when i moved to the high school that became my home high school 
Um, and that's John. John I. Leonard. John I. Leonard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go Lancers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had, I had a, a good high school experience, but I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was smart. Mm-hmm. I was just getting by, and I skipped school all the time. Like, oh my god, until I finally got caught for <sighs> writing notes. You know, back in those days, you would just write a note and bring it. And then they would, you would get excused. Oh yeah, it wasn't. It's they not never like called that your house. My, no. My, wow. Well, that's they crazy. did after I missed like a hundred days. Oh okay. Oh, you were truant, truant. <laughs> I was a truant. Oh wow. I don't know how I made it through. Um, I was failing mm-hmm. high, in high school, and that maybe that was a a, a a product of what I was going through. I was just trying to get lost in stuff, and I was so lost mm-hmm. that I just. Sometimes I just feel like I don't even know. Some days just went by like a blur. Did, but I did run a lot. You I, run a lot. I, I cross country. That was my thing. I ran. And how did it make you feel? Because that's a that's a really good um, uh, a way of dealing with with trauma and dealing with you know escaping from things. How did how did running and jo- and and cross country help you my, throughout that time? Our co- my coach was it pushed us. He you know they, he pushed all of us, but pushed us. He wouldn't let us stop running. He would he would run with us, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Um, and we had a lady coach too, and she was all over us girls to to push us. And and um, I think one of the things about me that I've learned that I've carried throughout my life is that when I put my mind to something and I want to do it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it. Okay. And I wanted to run a marathon. I wanted to be that runner. I wanted to be that person that could run, you know, thirty miles and and make it happen. And I was able to do that Mm -hmm. and and to be able to overcome those things you know you get lost when you're running in this stuff because back Mm -hmm. then we used to have little tape recorders you hooked them onto your pants it was terrible and uh, because they're heavy and then you have the cd players then we i got the cd player then eventually because i moved up in the world you know but they skipped all the time when you were yeah it was bad But the tape recorders uh, were good. Okay, we, we have to stop right there because they don't understand. We're, we're, we're talking a different language now, and, we, and we'll take it. <laughs> we'll get into the technology stuff because people, you know, we have we're, we're targeting millennials and Gen Zs, and they're like, "What is a what?" A Walkman. If you a don't Walkman. know about a Walkman, yes, explain yeah. that, please. A Walkman is this square like device that has these <laughs> buttons on it that you actually have to push play like hard, like push down play, and it's a tape. It's a tape. It's a tape. Yes. So if you if you want to be pissed at somebody and they recorded a bunch of songs and they love that tape and they're married to that tape, you take that tape out and you, and just, you just pull spill all the it all the right. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. They don't know that struggle. No, no, that's a struggle. Yeah, that is a struggle. <laughs> that's not the case anymore. <laughs> yeah. So so going back, um, um, again, up to this point, you've dealt with so much stuff up to this point in particular and- and the resiliency that you show, where did you uh, to go and, and put yourself into running um, and knowing that you weren't doing good into school? Like what pushed you to run? Yeah. What pushed you? It's like, I want to do this. I want to be, I, I want to do well, Like what pushed, what was inside of you that said, I want to do this. It was the only thing at that time that I felt like I was good at. Wow. Because I was terrible in school. Mm -hmm. I hated English. I hated math was the worst for me. I hated math. It was terrible. Um, I didn't, I wasn't interested in school. I wasn't interested in it like that. Ironically enough, you know, Mm -hmm. I just wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't into it. Um, What were you interested in during that time? Well, what what did you? Running. Besides running. Hanging out with my friends. Okay. That was it. Did you engage in any um, uh, devious behavior during those times? deviant behaviors yeah um 
smoked a little weed. Okay. Yeah, I got into that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, I drank beer. um, But that, I mean, back in that, that's like nothing nowadays, you know. Mm -hmm. But back then it was like, we used to skip school and we would go to our friend's house who had his own, for some reason, his parents let him live in like this mother-in-law house behind Mm -hmm. his. And we used to go there and he um, would have, lots of friends over and we would smoke weed and okay. watch movies. And some of them were doing homework and stuff and we would go outside and hang out. We just had to find somewhere to go because you would get picked up by the cops. Of course. Yeah. You, of you know course. I mean? Of course. Um, and they'll bring you back to the school and call your parents. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to have that negativity in my life at that time. Yeah. So I um, would go and hang out and I would just, stay. and then when the time came, I was like, oh, time to go. You know, mm-hmm. I would go back. I would go home. I nobody was watching me. You yeah, know, my mom and dad didn't watch us like that. They were they worked. They didn't, mm-hmm. you know. So. You were just kind of like on your own. Mm-hmm. And I didn't talk to my brother. I didn't have a good relationship with my brother at all at that time. Oh no! And why do you think that is that you you guys went through all these traumatic things together, but then you kind of like separated? Like what what do you think happened? We we separated long before the. I, you know what? Interestingly enough, now you just made me recall that I think we sort of separated and really got into fighting a lot when my sexual abuse started. Okay. I sort of like went back from him in that way. There were days that we got along and there was just days that we could have killed each other to the point where um, if we're talking about that, that teenage part um, in my young adult life, mm-hmm. um, there was a point where my my dad was like, here's a knife for you. Here's a knife for you. Just kill each other and get oh, it over wow. with. I'm done. You know, he was just over it. Yeah. Like over it. Um, we just didn't get along. We didn't get along until we were adults, basically. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that more because now your relationship yeah. with him is completely different. Right. Obviously. Of course. Um, so now that you are flunking high school... You know, the only thing is running. Uh, now, were they were you threatened to be t- that taken away from you because of your grades and your attendance and things like that? Yes. And then, so then, what happened when they found out? When they found I don't out, know how I don't know how they didn't know, but I did go after school back to the school, change into my running PE <laughs> clothes, and join the the thing. Yeah. And I also ran on my own before school. Mm-hmm. I would get up early in the morning and go run. Okay. Um, and so I would do like, I would run like 10 or 11 miles in the morning. I got up super early and then I would just go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, I rode the bus at that point. Um, I didn't get a car until I was 17, I think. Like okay. right when I was getting out of high school. So once they found out that you were doing these things, you were not going to school, what changed for you after that? Well, I think what happened was I got caught. Mm-hmm. That always helps. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my mom and dad had to come to the school. I don't know exactly what the situation was, but I had a, a, a dean at that time. And he was like, you're, you're not, you're going to be a nothing. You're going to be a zero. I remember him looking down at me. You're going to be a zero. And I was like, and I was like, I, I, gosh, I don't want to be a zero. You mm-hmm. know, I want to be something. Um, but I didn't know what that was. I didn't think I had that potential because I didn't have, I was a, an average student. I was a C average student. I did not ever do well in high school. Um, and I never got, you know, I, no matter what grade I brought home, it was never good enough for mm-hmm. my dad. So if I brought home a C, it was just like, okay, 
you know, oh, there was never any, well, you know what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, C equals degree. It's okay. He didn't, it wasn't like Or no that. support. It's like, wow, you're getting better. Nothing of the mm-hmm. sort. Now, if I did bring home an A or a B, he was happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't bring home A's and B's. <laughs> what, what, how did he feel about your running? Because that was like a real, I mean... <laughs> Just he used to just say like little things like, oh my God, you know, you're, you're, you're the way, you know, you got your legs and you know, whatever. And, you know, but it wasn't like, it wasn't encouragement. It wasn't encouragement for doing that. It was you know more a I mean? criticism. Yeah. Like, what so do you mean by I didn't even, I didn't even, uh, at one point I didn't even tell him I was doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that he knew that I was running. I don't think that was the case. Um, it was just more like my body image. It was body image more than that. Just that was picked at a little bit, you know. What do you mean by like that? Like I have a big butt. Okay. You know, it's a Jesus Christ, you know, that kind of thing. Like, oh my God. And, you know, it was just very much to the point where it forced me to like cover my, my body with like um, very loose fitting clothes, mm-hmm. long t-shirts. And, uh, you know, thank God at, at this point, I hate to say it, but wearing big baggy clothes was like popular mm-hmm. as opposed to today where you wear barely any clothes, you know? Correct, so, yeah. um, I, I, I hid that about myself because I was uh, ashamed. What there about your mother? A, my mom never said anything about it. Okay. No. And then I, I sort of hid running from them because mm. it wasn't something that, that was, I didn't get good feedback. So yeah. why share anything with them about it? Yeah. Um, so when I ran any like races or did anything or successfully accomplished, uh, if I was trying to beat 11 miles and I ran 13, I didn't come home. It was just a self um, uh, celebration, I guess, mm-hmm. if you will. So, so did you ever finish high school? I did. I graduated. And what did you graduate with? Was what was the what led you to complete high school after that compensation with the dean? You kind of like I woke up. I, or? I did. I woke up and I said, I can't. I need to have a high school diploma. Okay. That, for me, that was important. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily important for everybody. But it was important to me to have a high school diploma. Okay. Um, it was made very clear to me that you're you, you're not going to get anywhere with a GED. It's going to be hard for you to do this and that. You're not going to be looked at the same. And so I put a lot of focus and a lot of energy in my junior and very much in my senior year to um, get better grades. I was a C average student, but I I worked so hard that I was able to actually do that work um, program that they had at school, where I was actually able to leave. Mm-hmm. which is awesome because I didn't have to skip to leave, but I skipped and I didn't, I, I wasn't skipping. I was going to a job and making money. Correct. Yeah. So I worked at this place called builder square <laughs> and that was my, like sort of my, I, that wasn't my first job because I, my first job was a burger King. Okay. Um, so I've been working cause my mom always told me and my dad the same, you need to, if you want clothes, you're old enough to work. You need to buy your Real clothes. clothes. Okay. So you need to go get a job. So at 14 I was working and oh, buying wow. my own clothes and things mm-hmm. like that or at least helping to purchase those items that I needed. Yeah. And so um, I did the work program, which was awesome. And I think that motivated me. I felt this sense of freedom. And then I, I did have a boyfriend at mm-hmm. that time and we regular, you know, type relationship, whatever. And just, you know, just worked. Mm-hmm. And I just felt motivated by that. And I, I did graduate. I graduated and, and. And how do you feel after, Going through all that stuff, um, becoming now a young adult, graduating, working, um, how did that make you feel now that you have achieved, you know, uh, a a major society objective? How did that make you feel? It felt good to be done with high school because I hated 
being in classes and doing schoolwork and homework. I hated mm-hmm. it. I despised it. But I did not know what I was going to do with my life. I had no direction. My mom and dad were like, you're 18, time to go. And at that time, I was such a delinquent with my parents. When I was 17, I was like, I was sneaking out of my house. We had jealousy windows. Mm-hmm. And I would very carefully take the jealousy windows out one by one. Very carefully. I was good at that. And leave and leave the house wide open. Go out all night and come back before dawn and very carefully put those jealousy windows without breaking them and go to sleep for an hour or two and then go to work or do whatever. And then um, I ended up working like different jobs. I ended up working at the Breakers Hotel. Oh, wow. Okay. And the Breakers, I made a lot of money, a shit ton of money there. Mm -hmm. I made good money. But I spent it on my friends. I had no direct, I didn't have any guidance about finances. I didn't have any guidance about saving money. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any direction about that. Um, as my, my, my dad and my mom might say that they gave that to us, but it, they didn't give it to us. And, and I think that my brother can, um, uh, bolster that argument for me or, or, or couple with me on that. We just, didn't i yeah. didn't have that guidance. so you pretty much were just kind of like floating and trying to figure out as you went along exactly right. why what happened mm-hmm. so and what, i was such a delinquent that my dad was like you got to move out mm-hmm. so i moved but out. i wouldn't say delinquent you weren't very involved with any any crimes or police no. officer or anything like that right mm-hmm. no so you know you were in their eyes you were just being very very rebellious very rebellious yeah, i did not yeah. listen i might remember many times going to the club and uh i was like you know, mm-hmm. I need to, I'd see my dad smoking a cigarette and that deep orange. I was like, he's mad. Uh oh. Okay. Well, um, on that note, um, unfortunately we ran out of time and I really want to get into the second part of your quest, mm-hmm. uh, so that our audience could really get to know at uh, the transition of, of all the things that you have to go to that you have gone through already. So, um, join us next time for part two of Jesse's interview. And if you haven't done so already, please follow us on our social media outlets and visit us at www.asosquest.com. See you next time. Bye.